Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. When the believers in Christ are born again, at the time of their salvation, the divine seed is sown into their being. This seed is the divine life, and the divine life has the divine nature. This is Matt Miller with John Pester, and the title of today's life study from 1 John is The Virtues of the Divine Birth to Practice the Divine Love. John, we're covering 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 15 today. Could you give our listeners a brief introduction of what they can expect during the next half hour? Well, Matt, this is a marvelous message related to the divine birth with the divine life and the divine love. The divine birth is a divine seed, and this seed is God himself. And this God who is born into every believer is a God of love. And consequently, there is the possibility for all of the believers to practice this divine virtue of divine love. We really need to have the realization that the divine love that John is speaking about comes from God himself and even is God himself. It's not something that we manufacture. It's not something that we work up in our own self-effort. The divine love that John is speaking about is the agape love, which is God himself. The only word that John uses for love in this entire epistle is agape, which refers to God himself as the divine love, the divine source. And so if we as believers realize that we have the capacity to love because the God of love is dwelling within us as a divine seed, we have a clearer picture of what it means to fellowship and practice these virtues. That's a good introduction, John. We have to see the divine birth as the basis for our being able to love. And we've got a good life study today with some good verses. I think some of these verses that we're going to cover in chapter 3 are ones that people just skip over. So I hope they'll stay with us because I think there's some new light, new inspiration for them in today's life study. Let me read chapter 3, verse 10. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Everyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Neither he who does not love his brother. Let's go to Witness Lee for the Life Study, printed message number 27 from 1 John. To practice the divine love, this should be then by the divine life and the divine spirit. Two divine things. The divine life is just the divine seed planted into our being. And we have also the divine spirit in our spirit. The divine life and the divine spirit are the capital within us for us to practice the divine love. The divine life is the source and the divine spirit is the very one carries out this job. And the divine love is just the expression of uh, 
this divine life. The divine love is our daily living. That is the expression of the divine life carried out by the divine spirit. So, based upon these basic factors, we just can practice the divine love, living a life not of the human love, but of the divine love. Now, everyone who does not love his brother is not of God. This is quite serious. We are children of God. As we are of God and out of God, we surely have God's life in us. Spontaneously, we will live a life to love the brothers. If we don't have such a love, this is a kind of a evidence that we don't have the life, neither the Spirit of God. John, everyone who doesn't love his brother is not of God. I mean, this is quite serious. Witness Lee just said this is quite serious. We're touching something here quite serious. Why don't you develop this a little bit? I think I'd like to begin by going back to an observation that you made at the beginning of the program, that this is a chapter, and this is a portion of 1 John that we often skip over. And one of the reasons we skip over is because it's such a serious matter, and our experience is so limited in many instances that when we read these words, many, many believers come under very serious condemnation because they have experiences of hating a brother or not liking someone. And so when they read these verses that says anyone who does not love his brother is not of God, it brings them into a situation where there's some extreme condemnation because they begin to question whether or not they really are a believer. Because how can they, as a believer, having been born again, how can they hate somebody? And so it's quite serious, and I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think Witness Lee addresses it in a very good way by pointing out and by stressing to the people that he was speaking to by stressing the fact that the love that John is talking about is the divine love. It's not the human love that we work up. We have to see this distinction. And when that divine love is operating in our life in a way of fellowship, there is some love toward the brothers that wasn't there. And when that life is not operating in the flow of the divine fellowship, sometimes we do have experiences where we don't like the brothers. But that's not necessarily an indication that we're not a believer. But it's quite serious. And so when we see these verses, sometimes they're very hard to read because it causes us to question our salvation. Well, I've got to put you on the spot then, John, and ask you, how can we say that a believer is still a believer if they don't love the brothers. I think it comes back to this word practice, and it relates to the whole understanding of the fellowship of the divine life. John talks about those who do not practice righteousness are not of God, and that word practice means habitual way, in a way that you refuse to separate yourself from the sinful practices, the sinful acts of your former manner of living. You just continue on in that way. A person that habitually practices unrighteousness, you have to question whether or not that person has genuinely received the Lord. And it's the same way in the divine life. If a person is 
habitually hating the brothers. There's just a, a visceral hatred within that person for brothers, a particular brother, or brothers in general. You have to question whether or not that person has been genuinely regenerated. On the other hand, if there is a situation and a circumstance where there's a kind of momentary lapse into discord or hatred, that's not necessarily a sign that you don't have the divine life. It's a sign that at that moment in time, you are not abiding in the flow of the divine fellowship. I think it's very important that it says that he who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. That word abiding refers to a kind of continuous situation of fellowship with the triune God. When when we're in fellowship with the triune God and eternal life is abiding in us, living in us, there is love toward the brothers. But when we momentarily fall out of that fellowship, there can be instances where we hate the brothers, where we don't love the brothers. And that's just a sign that we need to get back into the divine fellowship. It's not a sign that we don't have the divine life at all. Well, the burden in John was to bring the disciples into the divine fellowship. And in that fellowship, there's a light. So in the light of the fellowship, we get exposed when we don't love the brothers. And it exposes us. And that's why you have that cycle of life that we talked about in 1 John 1. And the, the very next thing that comes after the light is the confession of the sins and the cleansing of the blood. And when we get back into that cycle of fellowship then the divine love spontaneously rises up within us. And the person that we were momentarily at odds with, all of a sudden he becomes dear and precious to us. And the problem is, is with the ones that John's referring to in chapter 3 who do not have this cycle of life and this light. They don't have the light, so they can habitually hate the brothers. And this is what I think we're talking about. So maybe we've belabored the point a little bit, but let's go on. I think this next portion, John, is especially enlightening. And I know it was to me because it's going to talk about the situation with Cain. And I think this is one of those verses people just skip right over. But Witness Lee doesn't do that in his life study. Let me read the verse. Uh, It's chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. For this is the message which you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother because his works were evil, and those of his brother righteous. I uh, sure appreciate John's illustration. Two flesh brothers, born of the same parents, yet it came out, one became the son of God and the other of the devil. It's quite strange, huh? Here, this illustration can show us what can person is a child of the devil and what can person is a child of God. You look at Cain and you look at Abel. Cain was a child of devil. This was evidenced by his hating of his brother. He uh, not only hated his brother, but also slew him. This means there is no life of God 
in him, in Cain. Why he hated his brother in that way? Just because this hating life of Satan is in him, and uh, why he behaved himself that way? Just because this evil nature is in him, he doesn't have God's life. He doesn't possess God's nature. No doubt, he doesn't uh, even uh, have uh, God's spirit. What he has is the devil's life, the devil's nature, and the evil spirit. But Abel is altogether different. I feel this is a very, very good illustration. Here it says, "Do not marvel if the world, like Cain, hates you." This indicates strongly all the world people are children of the devil. Only way a small number. Who are the regenerated believers? Are God's children. If we do live God's life by God's spirit, the world—here, the word means the people of the world—they would uh, spontaneously hate us. They would not be happy with us because they and we, we and they, are in two categories. John Witnessley has really taken a picture here, just a few words, and it's like blown it up, magnified what the Apostle John is saying and bringing out that there is two categories of people. There are those who are born of God, those who are not, those who have God's life and those who don't, those who love and those who hate. It's like the whole world and the church, the Christians and the unbelievers. An amazing picture. I think we need to spend a few minutes to develop it here. I think what's very interesting about this point is that the Apostle John picks up a central point in the Old Testament, and he uses it to illustrate his point here in his epistles related to the divine birth, because it's very instructive that he says that Cain was of the evil one. In other words, Cain's actions came out of a source. It wasn't just happenstance that he hated his brother and killed him. He was living and moving and operating out of an evil source, and that source was the life of the devil himself. And that life is a life that hates. It's a life that murders. It's a life that kills. Uh, And Cain's entire source, his entire being, was rooted in that evil, satanic nature. Abel, on the other hand, had a different source. His source was from God, and he had a divine source, and he had a capacity to love. And John uses these two people to illustrate those who are regenerated and those who are unregenerated. I think it's very instructive to note what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says that before we believed, we were by nature children of wrath. That hatred comes out of our nature. And a believer has a different nature. He has the divine life with the divine nature, and it has the capacity to love. And so John uses these two people in the Old Testament to illustrate the difference between unregenerated people and regenerated people. There is a whole world of people that are 
unregenerated, that do not have the life of God, and they're really only capable of one thing, hatred. And those who believe, they have the capacity to love because they have the divine life. I like uh, the Apostle John's follow-up word there that Witness Lee brought out at the end that he said in verse 13, Do not marvel, brothers, if the world hates you. It's almost like you should expect this. You know, in this day and age, everyone wants everyone to love one another. And if we don't feel that we're being loved by everyone, uh, we feel that something is wrong with us. But really, John has a completely different view. He said, the normal situation, if you're in the fellowship of the divine life and in the flow of the divine life, the reality will be is that the world will hate you because there's just no fellowship between light and darkness. Uh, There is no comity between hatred and love. And the world is, by nature, a place full of hatred because it lies in the evil one. And because of that, it is normal. It's really a normal situation to be hated. And it's not a strange thing. We shouldn't marvel that people hate us because we're in two completely different realms. So the believers in the Lord almost need to wonder and be concerned if everyone does love one another. If everyone does love you, then you have to wonder how much of the divine life is being testified in your life. And it's a kind of a practical barometer. That is true. Well, let's go on to the final section with Witness Lee today. It's in verse 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. He who does not love abides in death. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. We know that we have passed out of death into life. John uses the word which the Lord gave in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 24. This brings us back to the fall in the Garden of Eden. Every descendant of Adam is born into death. When we repented of our sins and believed in the Lord Jesus, we got saved. Simultaneously, we got regenerated. What does this mean? This simply means at that time we received the tree of life which was lost by Adam's fall. Adam, at his fall, received death into him. And he missed the golden opportunity to receive the tree of life into him. And that opportunity was recovered through Jesus' redemption. Until the time we repented and believed in the Lord Jesus, that opportunity came back to us. And uh, at that juncture, we spontaneously, by repenting and believing, receive the life into us. Simultaneously, we passed out of death into life. If you check with your salvation experience, you could see this is very experiential. At the very time when we believed in the Lord Jesus and received Him as our Savior, right away, a great change in life followed. This is not just an outward change. 
This is a kind of a passing out of death into life. So, when we love the brothers in the Lord, and this love is an evidence that we have passed out of death into life. If we don't love the brothers, yet we hate them, this becomes another evidence that we are still remaining in that death that came into humankind at the fall of Adam. John, this is a grand verse to pass out of death and into life. I want to read a little portion from the life study, and I'm going to give a phone number at the end of the program if the listeners would like to get a copy of the printed life study, which goes into much more detail than we can cover in this radio program. But it's kind of like a summary. The last paragraph of this particular life study, number 27, says, John's intention is to show us that through the divine birth, the divine seed has been sown into our being. This seed is the divine life, and the divine life has the divine nature. Furthermore, we have received the divine spirit to carry out whatever is in the divine life and the divine nature. So we have the divine life, we have the divine nature, and we have the divine spirit to carry out what's in that nature. And it's such a wonderful picture. This is the life that we're, we're brought out of death and into this life. But it seems like, how can there be problems then? How can you have a problem when you have all this divine life, divine nature, you have the spirit to carry out what's in the nature? Yet I think many listening today are thinking, well, I have that experience once in a while, but a lot of time I don't. What's wrong with me? Well, you know, I think even up until this point, I have always considered this verse, they have passed out of death into life as a kind of a once and for all transaction that occurred when I was regenerated. But I think John has a deeper understanding of this in that it is possible and necessary for a Christian to daily, experientially, hourly, minute by minute in the divine fellowship to pass out of death into life. Christians are unique people. We have two natures. We have the divine life with a divine nature. We still have the fallen, sinful nature within us. And daily, we're like Adam in front of two trees. We daily have to choose. We daily have to decide, do we want to pass out of death into life or do we want to remain in a situation of death? An unbeliever, an unregenerated person, he only has one nature, the fallen sinful nature that causes him to habitually sin and to commit sins. But a believer has two natures. A believer has the fallen nature and he also has the divine nature. And that divine nature comes with the divine spirit, with its capacity to act out the divine love and exhibit it in a daily way. And so to pass from death into life means to daily be in the fellowship of the divine life to allow the divine life and divine nature to operate and bring out these virtues of the divine love. This is what is wonderful about being a Christian is that we actually have a choice. An unbeliever has no choice, but a Christian actually has a choice, and they can live according to the divine life and the divine nature. If occasionally we don't live according to that divine life and divine nature and fall back to our fallen sinful self, there will be 
acts of hatred and and uncharitable, unkind things that emanate from our being. But if we are in the fellowship of the divine life, we will pass from death into life. And in that passing out of death into life, there will be love for the brothers. This is a marvelous capital that only Christians have. We have the divine life with the divine spirit, and out of that comes the divine love and the divine righteousness. And it really seems like it's a key, this passing out of death and into life. I really uh, hope that some of our listeners, as they're listening today, whatever experience they're in, it would be something that they could pass out of death and into life. We should pray, Lord, may I pass from death to life today. You know, there's a phrase repeatedly found in the Old Testament, it came to pass. Right. And so whatever situation you're in, it came to you so you could pass out of death and into life. Praise the Lord. John, thanks for coming in for this special program today. Thank you. And thank you also. If you'd like to get the printed materials that we've referred to, you can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. On behalf of John Pester, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today, and we hope as you go your way, you will pass out of death and into life. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.